In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but today uh, things feel a little off. Standing here in in church today, uh, I feel a little uncertain, and maybe you feel the same uh, for more than just one reason. After all, uh, this is a big week, isn't it, coming up? Uh, In case you've missed the robocalls and the endless commercials and the angry Facebook posts and the the nightly news for the past six months, there's an election coming up this week, isn't there? A big one, uh, a presidential one. And and of course, all elections are big and and important, of course. Uh, But for some reason, and I don't think I'm alone in this, uh, to, to say that this election just seems different or maybe even bigger than some of the others. And uh, as, we, as we gather here this, this morning, there's a lot of questions running through a lot of our minds, isn't there? Uh, questions like, who am I going to vote for? Maybe you've looked at the options and, and you're still unsure of who you're going to vote for. Maybe you're wondering who's going to win uh, if your candidate uh, will win or lose. Or maybe you're asking yourself today, uh, what will life look like in this country in six months from now, uh, in six years from now, or in six decades from now? for my kids or for my grandkids as we gather here together in church with the election just days away. um, There's not just a little uncertainty. Uh, But for me, that's not the only reason why things seem different today. After all, today is All Saints Day. And like I said earlier at the start of the service, to be sure, this is a day to celebrate and to give thanks to God for. uh, As we thank him and as we celebrate the the lives of those uh, men and women who we know, knew and loved and and thank him for, for, the, for the life that they had here on this earth. And as we celebrate and give thanks and praise and, and are joyful over the gift of eternal life that God has given them, the life that they now live with him and the eternal life that we have by faith. And, and, and so to be sure, today is a day to celebrate and, and to give thanks and to have joy over. And yet, the truth is that probably for some of us here today, it's not an easy day. As he wrote down those names on the pieces of paper that we're going to remember in just a little bit, maybe that was hard. And it's a day as, as you think about those loved ones, those husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and children and brothers and sisters and friends that are no longer with us, it can be difficult. And, and there's some questions and uncertainty surrounding that too. Like, will I see them again? And where are they now? And where am I going? And how can I be sure that I'm going to be where they are? And, and, and lots of questions surrounding today. And so for more than one reason, with an election coming this week and with All Saints Day this morning, uh, things might feel just a little bit off. And that's why I would like to read for us our second reading for today. And you can flip there in your bulletin if you'd like uh, from 1 John chapter 3. Because in, in 1 John 3, John reminds us of an amazing promise that we have that is ours by faith. Uh, he, we will find, I think, as we hear it again, an amazing assurance and comfort that cannot be taken from us. And so let me read for you just the opening words of 1 John 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. That's an amazing promise, isn't it? And I want to make sure you got this, so let me read it just one more time, because this is important. See, John writes, hey, look, pay attention, he's saying. This is important, so listen up. See what great love What an amazing, unending love the Father has just lavished on us that we, broken and questioning and and uncertain and sinful people, that we and me and you should be called children of God. That is what we are. 
Now, if you are new to the church or new to the faith, maybe this just amazes you and your eyes are open now and the fact that you are God's child is just this amazing promise that you hadn't heard before. Uh, But I think for many of us who have grown up in the church uh, and have believed our entire lives and who have trusted this promise, we begin to take this for granted and uh, the amazement of it maybe has worn off. But as as John writes this, I really think he wants us to be amazed at how earth-shattering and eternal altering this promise is for us. I did a little bit of research this week, and I looked uh, throughout John's writings, both in his gospel and in his letters, and there's a phrase he uses quite often, the Son of God. He talks about the Son of God. He uses it all the time. And every time he uses that phrase, Son of God, he's referring to one person in particular. Any guesses on who that is? Jesus, right? Good Sunday school answer. Uh, You all are doing good. Uh, When he refers to the Son of God, he's talking about Jesus. And to me, that just makes sense, right? Because Jesus has lived up to that title, Jesus was perfect, just like his father was perfect. Jesus was sinless, just like his father was sinless. Uh, Jesus loved in this amazing self-sacrificing way, just like his father loves. Uh, Jesus did God's stuff. He did miracles and healings, and he pronounced forgiveness upon people. If anyone deserved, or if anyone had earned to be called the Son of God, it was obviously Jesus, right? After all, Jesus was God. And so it makes sense to me as I read John that, that Jesus would be called the Son of God. But us, children of God, sons and daughters of God to me, that doesn't compute. Me, a child of God, me, God's son. You see, I I don't think I'm alone. I'm not perfect. And I have sin. And I have not done any miracles. I have not miraculously healed anyone. I have not loved self-sacrificingly like I have seen in the love of my father. More often than not, I I tend to walk around and live like a a self-centered two-year-old saying, me and and mine, everywhere I go, only worried about myself. So it doesn't make sense that we should be called children of God. But see what great love the Father has lavished upon us, John reminds us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. See, that's God's promise for us today. Amidst this election, amidst this time as we remember and think about our loved ones who are with our Lord, our God promises us today that we are his children. And for me, that is a hard reality to even begin to wrap my mind around. What does it really mean to be God's child? Have you thought about that? And I think it's a reality that I can only make sense of as I think about my earthly parents. And maybe that's why God uses uh, this metaphor. I can only begin to think about what it means to be God's child when I think about what it means to be a child of Frank and Eileen Brower, my parents. And, and some of you, and I, I mean this seriously, have had the privilege of meeting my parents. Uh, my parents, I think, are just amazing people, and I, I thank God for them. And yet, as I think about my relationship with my parents, I think about two realities uh, that come with being a child, that come with being their son. And, and the first reality, and I think it's the same uh, for my earthly parents, but also for us as children of God, the first reality is that as their child, I have certain responsibilities and duties. And, and there's a calling that is placed on my life as child that, that comes with certain expectations, right? I'm, I'm called to live up to the family name, uh, to not bring disgrace to my parents. Uh, when I was a kid, I had chores to do around the house, and I was supposed to listen to my parents. And, and even now, I... Uh, uh, I'm called to give back and to love them and serve them and, and to do good for them. I was, I was called to make my parents proud and, and to not live like the rest of the world, but to live up to that, to that family name. To be a child means that you have certain responsibilities. And, 
even now, uh, 30 years old, I still have a calling to follow the, the fourth commandment, right? To honor my father and mother and, and to listen to them and, and obey them. And it will be that way for the rest of my life. To be a child uh, comes with certain responsibilities. And the second reality comes from that. And it comes from the fact that um, you're not going to believe this, uh, but you have to trust me on it, that I am not the perfect child. And those responsibilities that I have been given, that calling that I have as their child, I have been far, far from perfect. And the next time my parents are here, you can ask them for some stories. I'm sure my dad would love to tell you some. And uh, he would probably tell you that I was sent to my room more times as a kid than I would ever care to admit. And uh, along the way, I am sure that I did not live up to that family name. I did not make them proud. Instead of listening to their voices and following them, I tried to do my own thing, blaze my own trail. I thought I knew better at times, right? I was going to set out and make a name for myself, and I would be different, and I would be cool, and I wouldn't tell the same corny jokes uh, that my dad did. The reality is that I am far from a perfect child, and I have not even come close to living up to those responsibilities that I have as their kid. Which brings me to the second reality of being their child, and, and that is that no matter what, I am loved by them. Not because I've earned it, not because I've deserved it, but simply because of grace. Today, I stand before you today, despite uh, all my, my failings, as a Brower. I, I still carry that family name. They, they haven't taken it from me. I still get to call them mom and dad every time I talk to them, and, and they still call me their son, Peter. And, See, that's a love that will never go away. They have promised me that no matter what I do, they will love me. Uh, for sure, there have been uh, punishments and repercussions along the way, but I'm still loved by them. And I always will be. And you see, that's how it is with our Lord. As his children, as children of God, we have certain responsibilities. We are called to obey our Heavenly Father. When he tells us to do something, we do it. And we listen to his voices. We open up our Bibles, the scriptures, and, and we listen to him speak. And, and we try to live up to that family name. We, we try to make our Heavenly Father proud. And we don't live like the rest of the world. We live as children of God. The second reality is that no matter what, no matter our failings, no matter the uncertainty of the time that we live in, we are loved by him. It's a love that can't be earned, a love that is just given to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is an amazing reality. That's the promise that we hear about in 1 John today. See what amazing, great love our Father has for us, that we should be called children of God. That's an amazing promise for us today. With this election coming up and all of its uncertainties and a lot of anger, uh, a lot of words being thrown around, a lot of questions being asked. Who am I going to vote for? And who's going to win? And what will the country look like? A lot of questions that no one here knows the answer to. And, and if they do, they're not telling. But here's what we do know. Here's what God is telling. That you are his beloved child. That he loves you with a love that will never, ever be taken from you. That he loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And no matter what our country looks like six months or six years or six decades from now, his promise will remain the same. You will be God's child. No matter who's president, no matter who you vote for, God's promise is there. 
See, that's the good news for us now, that right now, as John reminds us, we are the children of God. And yet it's a promise not just for now, it's a promise for all eternity. The promise that we have today on All Saints Day as we think about our loved ones and as the tears fall down our face and as we grieve and as we mourn, as, as we realize how lonely we are without our partner by our side, our promise is that all who believe in Jesus are children of God for all eternity. And that by faith, as you trust in Jesus, you too are his child. You too have an eternity in the arms of the Savior who loves you. So do you see it? Do you see what great love the Father has lavished upon us? That we, that me, that you should be called children of God. And that is what we are. In Jesus' name. Amen.